Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your dog and cat. You can find them online at allthebestpetcare.com to see where all of their 10 locations are around Western Washington. And when you go to All the Best, you can trust that they have the highest selection of foods available and treats, so you don't have to worry about any of the nasties when you're there. Great, great store, and their staff are super knowledgeable. Also, one of our fabulous partners, Jet City Animal Clinic. JetCityAnimalClinic.com is their website. They are in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood, right across from Seattle U on 12th. Dr. Erica Anderson and her staff have been... Uh, just really rocking it there. The clinic is beautiful. I've sent a ton of people there already, and everyone has just been glowing about um, the care that they've gotten there. So if you're in the market for a vet, if you have a new pet, or maybe you're not happy with your current vet, uh, definitely consider Jet City Animal Clinic. And last but not least, the dog show is also brought to you in part by Natural Pet Pantry, naturalpetpantry.com is their website, the highest quality raw and cooked food diets for your dog and cat. Love their food, feed their food to my dogs, have for years. And uh, they're just awesome. Locally made. Um, The plant is actually in South Park, south of Seattle. So it's one of those things where if you're, oh, I'm not sure, I don't trust pet food, you can go. No, not the same South Park is on TV, right? No. Cartman. No. Okay. (laughs) Eric. Eric. Yes. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's another gorgeous day, and what a great day to take your dog for a walk, if you haven't already. A great day to take your dog for a walk. Thanks for bringing that up today. It's actually gorgeous and sunny. And speaking of taking your dog for a walk, we have uh, Lily Goodrich um, on the line with us, and we're going to be talking about her Nonprofit organization. She's got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Let's bring Lily on. Lily, are you there with us? Yeah. Hi, Julie. Very Yay. nice to be on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys got in touch with me. We set this one up kind of last minute. And I have to say, I got the email and I was reading about your canine country getaway and your border collie rescue and the border collie camp or the camp border collie for kids. I was like, oh, I can't wait to go. And then I, it's in upstate New York. <laughs> now I did, so I was a little disappointed, hoping that you're planning on opening another location in the Pacific Northwest, because we would be all over it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, our um, whole vacation experience here at the farm is set up to support the rescue that goes on here. Mm. So um, while I love Washington and the northwest of the United States, the odds of us starting another whole rescue over there are a little slim. (laughs) Um, However, we have people that travel here with their dogs. As a matter of fact, some of them come to the vacation here because they... They set across the country. We've had people from Nebraska mm. and way out Midwest, as well as California. Okay. Now, the Californians have, we've had a couple of them where they actually travel without their dogs to vacation and then take a rescue dog through the vacation. Of course, you know, it's a little bit, um, uh, what's the word, tempting. So they end up wanting to adopt uh-huh. them, but it's, it's really sweet when people do that. So you can go and, like, take, take um, one of the rescue dogs as if they were your own and just kind of hang out with them and go on hikes and that kind of thing? 
Yep, yep. We've had Uh people do that, a number of people where they just lived at a distance or they had an older dog where they felt as much as they'd like to have them with them on a getaway vacation. It just didn't make a lot of sense to have them travel. But they wanted to come with the dog and get out in the country. Um, The farm is 175 acres, and 30 of the acres is devoted to the rescue dogs, the border collies that are here year-round. We've Mm -hmm. had 2,000 dogs come here to date who've been rehomed, and it's 200 a year that that find safe haven here. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the property, aside from that rescue area, is all open to people who want a vacation here. And we get everything from men pins to Afghan hounds to border collies to, I mean, we don't, you know, it's dogs. It's nothing but, I mean, no cat. We did have somebody bring a cat now that I think about it. (laughs) But um, everybody comes. They can stay five days. They can stay seven days. We've never had anybody stay longer than seven yet. But they come back from, I mean, lots of areas in the country, not just in the Northeast. Uh They travel from the South and they travel from the Midwest pretty easily. I know Washington's a lot further, but um, you can really, you know, it's worth a trip if you're going to stay a while. It's like for us uh, taking a trip with our dogs, you know, you want to be able to go for a while and not just a weekend. It's that kind of, you know, experience. Right. And I know when I'm on vacation, I, and I work with dogs and I have dogs and I'm around dogs all the time. And then when I go away without my dogs to, you know, visit family elsewhere in the country or whatever, and I like go through dog withdrawal. (laughs) So I could see the benefit of going if you can't bring your dog or if you don't have a dog, but you're like a super dog lover and you just want to go on vacation to this beautiful area and experience the land and everything that you have there and just hang out with everyone else's dogs. Yep. Yep. And, you know, there are a lot of places to take your dog that are great, of course, across the country. The thing that we're proudest of is that this experience when you vacation helps the rescue dogs because mm-hmm. that's what it's designed to do. So, of course, we pay for the cost of the people um, who are working here to help, you know, clean the place and set it up and all that stuff. But everything above those hard costs goes to the rescue, and it's a big way that we can <laughs> offset our vet costs. Uh, someone has something to say, it sounds like. Yep. Who's that? I have a couple older dogs here who get grouchy. <laughs> and that sets everybody off, of course. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> You're in the right place for that kind of talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we're proud of that because most dog camps, which they're, you know, they're wonderful experiences, they're really profit-making entities <laughs> for people, which is fine. But ours is designed to support the nonprofit yeah. experience. Now, now, are those border collies? Um, the people, the border co- the, in the rescue, it's all border collies. I mean, in the background. Oh yes, they're border collies. They were frustrated because we're getting a windy, snowy day, and they're so sick of it. Mm. <laughs> they're happy when they're on the trails, um, and yep. then the quiet. But today is not one of those days. Well, we have cattle dogs, and they can get grouchy also, and they just rah, 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 at each other. They never do anything, but they just kind of yell at each other sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Tell me about the, there's so much that you do, and so I'm glad that we have a few segments together today because you have so many, so many different things, really cool things that you do with this land. And I'm, uh, I, you know, I, Seattle's amazing, and I love, I love living in the city, and there's a huge part of me that, you know, just aches to be out in open space with my dogs, especially two of them being cattle dogs. Right. And they're just different. They are different dogs when they are when they're in an in the environment really that they're intended to be in. Um, You know, we get them out daily and 
interact with them a lot and all that stuff, but it just doesn't compare to being on, you know, 100, 175 acres of land where they, you, you, they just feel different. It's like they have the space to hold all of their energy. Yeah, we hear that all the time from people who are traveling where they have their dog. Usually, you know, they're on a leash most of the time or even in their sort of dog park environment or a small field that's open. They can't believe how comfortable their dogs are when they're actually just kind of settling into nature, mm-hmm. really able to make decisions on their own. They're not running away. They're sticking right with their person, but they're exploring. They're using their nose. They're using their eyes. They're meeting other dogs. And, I mean, on the site, we have a whole section of testimonies and people talking on our Facebook site about what their dogs are like, they're shocked. I mean, people come up here and they're like, can I let them off? And then they can't believe they actually can see how their dog makes choices mm-hmm. versus them making choices for the dog. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, they're stu- stunned. And that's why we have so many uh, re- returnees because they feel like it's a gift for their dog that year. When they come, this is their chance for their dog to just relax. Yeah. And it's all breeds. I mean, you can see it in all of them. Some of them cling to their person a little bit more because they've never had this kind of freedom, but a lot of them don't. I mean, they they range far enough they can find where their person is, but they really um, are not hearing sounds that aren't fake. You know, this is all the woods and the stream, and it's it's a dog place, and they know it. Um, People tell us that when they arrive for a return trip and they're coming down this hill, it's not too far, like seconds from us, Mm -hmm. the dogs are going crazy crazy in the yeah. car because they can smell where they are of course yeah. and they get off and they you know they just race across this you can just picture i mean there's pictures all over the site but it in person it's stunning uh. they haul ass across this 30 acre <laughs> field like they've just been given you know a million bucks yeah uh, it's adorable yeah and you bring up you know this is something that i've talked about on the show before so my expertise is in training and behavior and that's the work that i do in the seattle area with my private training clients and a lot of when I've talked about training or, or just communication on the show, so much of, of what I do, you, you spoke to that in just getting people to see and experience their dog's ability to actually process requests and make choices. Because dogs just, I say this all the time, dogs are not given enough credit in their ability to, right. f- to think and, and in their awareness of what's going on and I mean, what a gift that would really last a lifetime for someone that you probably see that person really have that aha moment for the first time. And then, you know, that doesn't that doesn't ever leave them. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting thing to participate in. Sometimes they call me down because they're looking for some assistance like you would offer or I would offer mm-hmm. where they're they're hesitant to trust their dog. I mean, it's the biggest actually the biggest stumbling block to enjoying the property is getting the person to trust. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to my husband's involved in this also. We, you know, we founded the farm together and we both have we've had 27 of our own dogs, so it's not like we don't understand <laughs> dogs and I've run these camps forever. Yeah. So, thousands of dogs have crossed through my hands and and he's been involved in it too. So, when someone sort of chokes and hesitates about letting them off leash, I mean, we work really hard to let them do that because they're going to understand that their dog is with them. <laughs> Right. Um, and they, it's funny, I had a woman actually, she said, I really, really need your help. You know, I'm afraid to trust him very far from me. And this was a border collie. So every border collie, once they live with somebody for a certain length of time, they have no interest in leaving them. I mean, it's just a fundamental principle of who they are to circle back. Right. 
and I had to spend a lot of time with her um, looking at just what you said, where I'd say, okay, let him off. And I'd say, she said, oh, and I said, just take a deep breath. He's not that far. Watch. Watch what happens. Watch right. how he makes a turn, checks in. And I had to illustrate what her dog was choosing to do for her. Yeah. And, I mean, she hugged me, and she just said, oh, my God, I can take him places now. Yeah. She just had no way to safely try this. Yeah, yeah. And the so, dogs, the, you know, the dogs, you can imagine what life is like for, for a dog that never gets, who's always feeling that nervousness and anxiety and, and like a kind of grip where it's like, oh, I'm not, I can't let you too far away from me. And like that nervous energy, I'm sure passes through to the dog as well. And so how liberating that is for the dog to be like, oh, you're relaxing finally. Yes. Yes. And actually we see here too, as the person, you know, you're in the country. So when you start to really realize where you are too, it's like Mm. they find each other Mm -hmm. and they're both in a different place. And I mean, I have countless, countless people with conversations with me about how satisfied they feel about the relationship that they're taking home. Yeah. And they have a new understanding of themselves, too. It's not just the dog. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on, let's face it, most people are living in environments where they have to have their dog leashed. And yep. so that's partly their leashed also. I mean, no one's yep. free. Yeah. And so that's why we're really proud of the effort we created to take this property we bought and turn it into something for dog lovers that's really mm. dog-focused. It's not like we're renting a hotel and turning it into a dog camp for the week. This is a dog place. This is all it is. Yeah. You know, we don't have horses. We love cats, and we have some test cats, but yeah. basically it's dogs. Um, we were just recently picked as the number one place on the pet-friendly, I want to make sure I quote this properly, the Go Pet Friendly mm-hmm. Um dot com we had invited her to come out which we'd invite you of course if you're ever here and she said it was the number one place she'd been with her dog and it's because the whole environment is really grounded you know Mm. it's not fake we're not talking about i mean certainly we have lodging for people like rvs and we have cabins and those are like normal human you know comfortable settings but Really, the place is about running through the mud and crashing through the water and picking up sticks and rolling around. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's fantastic yeah. to watch. Cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking more with Lily Goodrich, who's the founder, executive director, and president of Canine Country Getaway and Sweet Border Collie Rescue and your Camp Border Collie for Kids, which we'll be talking about also. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? 
Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition, every Friday at noon. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Bothell Feed Center, we cover the world of living successfully with your animal friends. This week, April 7th, it's a Vet Sunday with Dr. Penny Lloyd. She's a holistic equine vet, now seeing small animals, too. She does acupuncture, chiropractic, and helps animals and their humans heal each other. She's launching a new house call practice in the greater Seattle area. Get to know her and call in with your animal healing questions. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. Body, mind, and spirit. Alternative Talk 1150 covers it all. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I feel like that song was written by, a, like, kind of like if a dog could sing a song, that would be kind of what right. they'd be like. Go wild Whoa, in the country. In the country. <laughs> like, Wah! this is awesome. That was maybe a painful sound over and the And you radio. know what? It's by Bow Wow Wow. So oh. <laughs> there's lots of connections. Wow. Uh, Lady Gaga's uh, first cousin. Is that who that is? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're back talking with Lily Goodrich, who's the founder, executive director, and president of Canine Country Getaway Camp Border Collie for Kids, Sweet Border Collie Rescue, which is the, the rescue is really what all of these um, other aspects sort of revolve around. Welcome back, Lily. Thanks. And... Um, so we're talking about your 175 acres completely devoted to dogs, unfortunately for me, out in upstate New York. <laughs> but I will definitely try to come out at some point. Um, this sounds amazing. I got to check it out and maybe hang out with some rescue border collies. Um, so, and if you've missed any part of this interview, um, you can always, we'll be uh, rebroadcast on Sunday at 1, as we are every week. Um, so this full inter- interview will play Sunday at 1, and then all of our shows are archived on our website, dogradioshow.com, and also as it- on iTunes as a free audio podcast. And be sure to find us on Facebook, too. 
uh, become a fan of our page, uh, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Lily, are you on Facebook? We are. Okay. Yep. We have uh, Glen Highland Farm has a Facebook page, and then also Canine Outdoor Adventures, which is all the camp, you know, vacation-related information. Okay. So Glen Highland Farm, and yeah. I will post links to all of your sites um, on our homepage, too. So if Thanks. you're listening in the car and you can't write anything down, just go to our, our site, dogradioshow.com, and you can get to um, Glen Highland Farm and all of the wonderful things going on there. So you have this uh, this vacation that people can participate in with their dogs um, or without their dogs. Uh, people can come and just hang out and be around other people's dogs, or you can sort of, um, you know, take on a rescue dog and spend your vacation with one of the border collies in as part of your rescue group, which would be such a treat. Also, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, we also have people who've been contacting me this year and last year in particular a lot to come out and volunteer and stay with us for a mm. week or stay with us for two weeks mm-hmm. from all over the country. They want to, I think what's happened and we intended this to happen, which is we built this. Everybody wants to come. It's novel. It's unique. What we do is it's like a little best friends, you know, yeah. it's certainly not as large, but we have 200 dogs here every year. It's a really unique situation for people to see. And so I'm getting a lot of inquiries, which is great. It's sort of like take a vacation and volunteer for your vacation. Um, So that's another thing. If anybody was ever interested in being in a sort of unique place, um, I have some people who are coming who've been dogless, as you said. So they want to walk the dogs and help us with projects and paint and, you know, put up fences Mm -hmm. and be involved in whatever it is that we do here. And they want to hang out for their vacation doing that, which is, we love that. Mm -hmm. Um, And do you have any certain um, qualifications if someone does want to come with their dog? Um, um, to... The only thing with respect to the social environment that happens here for dogs is we need to know if they have dog issues or they have people issues so that we can create something that's a win for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, we had a nice couple that came, I can't remember from where, with a big golden doodle, and he had a lot of on-leash issues with people. Uh-huh. So we wanted to set this up so you know they understood, look, there are going to be people floating around walking their dogs. You're going to need to be responsible just like you would in any public setting. Yeah. But we're not going to say you can't come. My God, it's a huge property. We can figure this out. And they were so appreciative because they got that's exactly what we started talking about. They got to see their dog really relax and be able to be around people. But nobody was reaching for him. There was tons of room. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd, they'd come across the trail, which is this really long trail. We have this one spot called Barking Beach. And they would, you know, race around there with their dog and run into other people with their dogs. But it's so dog-heavy and it's so large that it's like everybody relaxed. And mm-hmm. so this dog didn't have to have those reinforcements of, oh, a person, I've got to make them go away. I'm going to grow at them, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, he posted on the Facebook about the big, we have this flies field of dreams, which is this huge, huge field for frisbee and ball and he said he's just in tears watching his dog and knowing Mm -hmm. that he could come to a place like this and nobody was going to exclude him and tell him he had a bad dog and so you know we have a conversation if we have some issues and i want to make sure that this isn't a, a, a losing proposition for anybody it's all meant to be for the dog for the people and when they get in the car and go home they will have had an astounding growth experience together yeah did they notice that the dog's behaviors in general changed a little bit after their their first experience 
they found that he was more relaxed. And yeah. so he could, he didn't, I think a lot of it had to do, I think they were from New Jersey and a lot of it had to do with the congestion of the lifestyle yeah. they have. Yeah. And here, the only time they saw the, some of that same worry was when they were around the lodging, it was a little tighter space. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, when they were out and met people in more room, which of course is logical, this dog was just relaxed. I mean, I walked right up to him and didn't look at him, of course, and didn't reach for him. And he, he barked a little and he let it go because he'd already had two days here of being mm-hmm. relaxed. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I find. Uh, I feel, I mean, I feel a little bit bad for all these dogs that are coping with our life. But like you said, our life is fast. People are, are just not that focused. They don't have time for problems. And these dogs are getting stuck in concrete kind of environments. And they're dealing with it, but boy, you get a lot of nipping, a lot of growling, a lot of mm-hmm. fear, biting, things that are, I think, wouldn't be happening if we had more rural settings for a lot of them. Yeah, space is such a huge deal for dogs. Um, you know, in in I, I, the more that I, and you've worked with dogs for years, the more that I do this, the more I find myself talking about energy <laughs> in the yeah. conversation of behaviors or, you know, training or anything is just really being aware of for us and communicating the quality of energy that we're projecting towards the dog and also watching dogs do that with each other. And I think one of the things that I've said, oh, I participate with the Vashon Sheepdog Trials here every year mm. and um, interview the, the uh, coordinator for that, um, mostly Border Collies and a few Kelpies that participate in that one. And it's the, um, you know, in watching Border Collies work sheep, it's a really, and then the handler work with the dog. It's it's such a great, it's kind of the quintessential example of really the possibility of the human-dog relationship and, and the working relationship that is that is possible. And to see how, I love it when I hear people who are working working with their dog who's working with sheep and when they're just very, very soft-spoken and, and coaching the dogs to either do this or do that. And it's not this, rah, rah, like you would think, oh, this dog's going to be super intense. I'm going to have to yell to communicate. And, in fact, they're actually oftentimes just very calm. And the dog, and it's really that trust that you spoke of before about really trusting the dog to do their job and the dog trusting the, the, the handler too. But I just love, you know, in talking about, back to what I was saying about energy is like, well, how does the dog move the sheep if they're not really making any contact? Right. It's funny. If, if, if I had a video of what happens when we have a dog who's super skittish coming to rescue, we get quarter collies have been left in pens and barns. Mm. And, you know, these are dogs that are, quote, farm dogs and nobody wants them. And they do something that's just sort of a uh, under-socialized experience. Maybe they use them for herding. Maybe they don't. But we get them in here. And if you watch all the staff, I'll have new people working with me. And I'll say, okay, look, you can't stand in front of the door. You have to back up and allow space for them to come through the door because you're actually pushing them out by standing there because they're so aware of mm-hmm. where you are because that's how they move sheep. They don't go right up and grab them unless they're new and novice dogs, but they right. they, they understand this sort of, okay, you move to the right, they right. move to the left. You move to the left, they move to the right. Yeah. And so I'll have an, a new person or a new volunteer in and, and they just do what, what people do. They just walk right up to the door and say, come on in. And the dog's like, are you kidding? Thanks. You know, because it's just too much pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah, um, Maggie McClure is the woman who's the coordinator of the Vashon Sheepdog Trials, and that's every year, uh, usually like late September. It's such a such a lovely event, and um, she describes border collies as having it's like they have a very very large antenna, <laughs> and they're very sensitive to everything, and 
you know, like you were saying, like just the slightest movement or, um, you know, pushing back, all that kind of thing. They're just so, so keen on, which is so wonderful and can also be really challenging, especially if you're trying to take a dog like that and live with them in a downtown, you know, where there's a lot of energy going on. It can be too much for them. Yeah, that's right. We do have a fair number of people outside of our northeast area who support what we do here in the rescue because they love the breed. They can see that this is a very big effort. We're 13 years into this. We've had the 2,000 dogs come through. We just opened a farmhouse, which is for senior dogs because these dogs mm-hmm. are getting becoming homeless right and left because people are going into assisted living or dying. And old Border Collies still have tons of life in them, and they don't deserve to stick be in a shelter. No, no dog does. Yeah. But um, we have a lot of supporters who care about the work. I just encourage people to go to the site. You might be interested too. We we have a couple we had a litter of border collie cattle dogs that came in. Uh oh. Yep. And then we have one who's still here who we're doing amazing innovative surgery on his front legs with Cornell that has never been done before. It's the third time in the country that I know of where we've he came in with uh, front legs that were not attached to his sockets and his upper arms. And so this is a surgeon who did one of these surgeries in Japan and one in California, and he just happened to come to Cornell just as this little guy came to us. His name is Lucas. He's a Border Collie cattle dog, came from a litter that was a, they have the parents, the father's a Border Collie, the mother's a cattle dog. They have a working farm, and he couldn't stand up. And so we just took him in, and we're raising money for his um, surgeries, which are going to be repetitive until he's finally a year old. So he'll be in our program from 10 weeks until one year old when he can finally stand upright and be able to use these legs. So I just mentioned that because sometimes even if you're far away, you can find yourself drawn in to support something that's pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that story is on the site under Glen Highland Farm, and his name's Lucas. Great cattle dog ears, straight up, Aww, really adorable. Cute. <laughs> And it's highlandviewvue.com is the website. And like I said, I'll post all of the contact information on our homepage, dogradioshow.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be talking more with Lily Goodrich, who's the founder, executive director, and president of Glen Highland Farms, Canine Outdoor Adventures, Canine Country Camp, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. For more than 25 years, All the Best Pet Care has been helping people choose the best foods, treats, and toys for their dogs and cats. They are a locally owned family business bringing about little miracles every day by following the Mother Nature model of nutrition. Stop by to meet their adoption cats, schedule an anesthesia-free dental cleaning, or bring your dog to the toy testing area. Visit their new store in Edmonds next to the PCC and their expanded Redmond store in the Whole Foods Plaza. To learn more, go to allthebestpetcare.com or follow them on Facebook. Who is Jopra? What is Jopra? When is Jopra? Joe Janot is the host of a brand new show called Jopra. Joe has been nicknamed Jopra by his friends and colleagues who find his advice and insight to be enlightening, just like a certain other talk show host of World Without. Born and raised in Seattle, independent-minded Joe Janot is bringing issues to the airwaves that make you ponder, laugh, and deliberate. The Jopra Show is about the ins and outs of food and drink, relationships, entertainment, and so much more. Get to know Jopra every Thursday at 2, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Camly Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. 
we pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area. Licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com Feed your mind and your body and spirit will follow. Alternative Talk 1150 Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We're talking with Lily Goodrich, who's the founder, executive director, and president of Lily, what is the sort of general, is it Glen Highland Farm, and then you have the Canine Country Camp, the Canine Country Getaway, the Sweet Border Collie Rescue? What's the, the main title? Glen Highland Farm. Okay. That's the main title. The camp it has a different um, heading to it because, obviously, we don't want everybody to think board, it's only for Border Collies. So, you know, that's why you have a little bit of confusion probably on different names. But um, Sweet Border Collie Rescue is the rescue under Glen Highland Farm. Mm-hmm. And the Canine Outdoor Adventures, which includes the getaway and the Canine Country Camp, are all the vacation pieces mm-hmm. for any dog. Yeah. And you have a uh, Camp Border Collie for kids that you do. Tell me about that. Yes, we've done that for 13 years. 400 children from the inner city came up over the years, and they work with the dogs. Obviously, these are kids that are coming from rough situations with a lot of violence toward animals, and they're able to come here and repair a lot of those uh, feelings that uh, they see awful things, and they experience a lot themselves, of course. And the stuff that has been happening over the years with the way the dogs touch the kids, I mean, we always laugh because the dogs are doing the heavy lifting. All of us as the humans here help and create a structure. But when you see these little kids and they've got their arms around their rescue dog who's, you know, abandoned, unwanted, homeless, and there's these kids who are on their second set of foster homes Mm. or don't have real caretakers, and they've got their arms around them where they're laying down on the ground and they're whispering to them. I mean, oh, my gosh, your heart just explodes. And the kids have been involved for all these years, uh, every year. We will not be continuing that this summer. The funding was just impossible in the last few years, so we had to make a decision Uh to focus completely on the rescue, which we're doing, Mm -hmm. and expand the camp to support the rescue. But 400 kids came here over the last 13 years, and oh, boy, what a treat. What a treat. Have you been able to keep track of any of them, or have any of them come back as young adults, or...? We've had a number of them who've wanted who've come back actually to the camp until they were too old. Yeah. But we've had a number of them who wanted to come back and be counselors in training. Mm. We had a young gentleman. He was just an I mean a handful when he was here. Really difficult. I mean, this was not an easy kid. And he contacted us as a grown adult where he wanted to tell us that he had been pursuing dog training mm. and he was trying to create a business and he wanted to he was married, wanted to bring his wife here to visit the farm because it meant so much wow. to him. Yeah. Talk about yeah, having really, talk about really. having enough space to to be who you are 
you know, for him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so um, that's one little story. But the schools were, of course, disappointed, and we are, too, to make this decision. But we've had such good feedback from the principals and the way the kids want to learn and the way that they and the social workers, how renewed they were about wanting basically to be honest, to be alive. I mean, these kids really have horrible, horrible lives. Yeah. It's so. amazing the how powerful that connection is. I mean, with with kids, of course, and just people in general. I mean, there's, uh, you know, dogs that help kids with learning disabilities learn how to read. Um, we have a local program here. Um, you know, there's programs sort of like this throughout the country, but the Prison Pet Partnership Program is part of the Women's Correctional Facility um, here in Washington. And I've interviewed them a few times and gotten to tour that facility. And it's like a um, when you take a person who's, um, uh, you know, who's maybe been homeless or has sort of brought themselves up or, um, you know, had a hard time, they really connect with dogs who are in similar predicaments right. and how powerful that is. And the kids really also, I mean, just like anybody who's got some healing to do, I mean, they give. I mean, the people, the kids, doesn't matter. who. We all do this when we're drawn to dogs. We give, and then the dogs give back, and it's an incredible exchange. And that's that's why if you're a dog person, it's hard to imagine a life without a dog. I mean, I have 15 in our home. We've had 27 of our own because over the years we've kept some that had no other place to go, and we, we can provide a safe place where they're not going to eat somebody because we have a very, you know, rural property. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, how lucky am I and my husband to have 27 dogs enter our lives? Yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about healing. Wow. Yeah. How long have, have you been doing this? 13 years here. Okay. And then we were in our home in suburb of Connecticut, where we also we started the rescue there and went 65 dogs we found homes for there for about a year and a half and then I just wanted to do more and my husband was at a time in his life where he said I, he would do the same thing and wanted to start the kids camp so we came here mm. sold our house in Connecticut left all of our normal city life that's why I, I mean I know what they're doing on the concrete cities because I was in New York City mm-hmm. um, we came here and threw everything we could into everything here and it's been an incredible incredible experience to be lucky enough to have support to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, we took a big risk. We had tremendous credit card debt. We floated everything we could to get this going. And we can look at it now and realize how lucky we are that it's worked. Mm-hmm. Can't work without other people. It's not like we are sitting here independently able to do this. This sure. is about, you know, community. From- yeah. Yeah. And do you miss the city? Not one second. Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> wow cool um now do you have all do you have other types of dogs other than border collies as your personal pack all Uh, border collies well in the personal pack there's one who's probably a what do we think she is a beagle aussie border collie probably who um came in from the south years and years ago as a little five pound puppy and uh she she's actually the boss here which is hilarious (laughs) and um I have a little border papillon who's also hilarious with these big ears who came in from a shelter. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. Look, I don't really, they could be gold retrievers. I mean, we love them. We just decided that border collies were the dogs that spoke to us. And we have a lot of border collie mixes in our pack. I have a border collie golden retriever who's Uh our therapy dog who worked Uh with the kids all these years. Uh Um, But in the end, we know that the dogs that are in the greatest 
need at the moment who are really getting uh, jammed are these border collies because they, they're being bred for agility into these high-wired, crazy, neurotic dogs. They're being used for sheep herding, but nobody wants really the older dogs who can't do anything, so there are lots of litters being bred for that. And then you have this smart dog concept that all everybody's watching on Animal Planet, so they're being bred for popularity, and they're really in trouble. Um, there was a poll in USA Today, I would say about two years ago, that said Border Collies were one of the top five euthanized dogs today. <gasps> really? Yeah, right up there with pit bulls and rotties, not huh. because of their ag- aggression, but because of their energy level yeah. and the difficulties with the nipping because they, yeah. you know, they're nipping heels and tires right. and chasing kids. And, sure. Um, so we, we committed to this breed. I mean, my husband and I love dogs, but we committed to this breed. Yeah. So they just, our first dog touched us so deeply. He was from Manhattan, actually. Mm. So you had, a, your first dog was a Border Collie? Yep, from Manhattan, yeah. a pet store Border Collie, you know, mm. that somebody couldn't handle. And he came to us and growled at my husband and, you know, submissively urinated at everything. And, and of course, within three months was a different dog. And he mm. joined us here at the farm and became the icon for the whole place. Yeah. You know, it really speaks to not just the, you know, people's capacity for healing, but dogs also when they are given the chance when they're given, you know, what they need, when they when they have their needs met and when they're with someone who understands them, gives them the time and space that they need to work through things. And it's so sad to see, I mean, any dog, you know, end up in a shelter, but I know so many of them do because of behavioral challenges that people just either don't know can be resolved or just aren't willing to give it the time and energy. Right. And that's so often the case. And, you know, it's I can see what people like, oh, Border Collies are really smart. I want a smart dog. And it's like, "Mm, these dogs are meant to be working full time. Are you going to be working full time with this dog? You know, right. Yeah. I mean, we have a seven month old that came in yesterday. The shelter had a litter of puppies. They wouldn't pass them to rescue. It was their personal, you know, decision. They said they could place them properly. Well, now the dog's bounced back. This woman wanted a Border Collie. She has a beauty salon. She said she'd be with her all the time. She'd take her to work. Well, hello. That didn't work out, of course. So (laughs) the dog was left in the kitchen in the house, destroyed the kitchen. And then, of course, now at seven months old, she's clearly been yelled at and hit. Now we have her. Um, so, you know, these pretty puppies that are selling everything on TV because they have pretty split faces or interesting looks, including Aussies, mm-hmm. um, are just, you know, just in the wrong hands. I mean, it's, I could get, I won't even get started, but it, mm-hmm. we just have to stay focused on getting them in the right hands. That's our work here. It's such a, uh, you know, there's so much love and beauty to the human dog relationship, and there sure is a shadow side to, you know, their existence living with us as far as, you know, what you've just touched on. It's tough to hold both of them at the same time as somebody who's in the industry and who's aware of both fully. It's hard to make sense of it, but I guess there's Well, that's why I go back to my little mantra, which is they've been around for 10,000 years. They know how to handle us. I mean, for some reason, they've signed on to get through this human thing we offer Mm because sometimes it's so confusing to dogs. Yeah, really. So confusing. Well, uh, Lily, you are a pleasure to talk to. I'm so glad that um, Debbie emailed me and let me know about what you're doing out there. Uh, I'm going to have to find a way to come and visit you and hang out with some Border (laughs) Collies and run around in the fields. 
play in the streams. I'm from Massachusetts, so I'm um it's always feels good to get back into those woods. So um and again the website is www.glenhylandfarm.com is the simplest way to get to us. Okay, glenhylandfarm.com. Um I will post all of your information on our homepage, which is dogradioshow.com. You can find us both on Facebook. What are you under on Facebook? Uh, canineoutdooradventures.com is how it comes up. Canine Outdoor Adventures. Okay, I'll post uh, links to all that and keep up the good work and uh, enjoy that open space for me. And uh, <laughs> thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very, very much. All right. We'll be Take back. You're, you too. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Run, boy, run. This world is not meant for you. Run, boy, run. They're trying to catch you. Run, boy, run. We want our patients to forget average and embrace exceptional. If you are interested in more energy, eliminating pain permanently and naturally, better sleep, looking your best, feeling happy, and thinking clearly, we can help. Life shouldn't just be tolerable. It should be tremendous. Enjoying life is much easier when your body expresses all of its natural potential in an exceptional way. We make that happen every day at Exceptional Life Chiropractic. Visit ExceptionalLifeChiropractic.com and listen to patient after patient share their miraculous stories on video. We invite you to schedule a free consultation or attend one of our workshops to receive a free copy of Dr. Panna's book, The Five Pillars of Health, your key to youth and vitality. Every generation needs a voice, and on Mondays at 2 p.m. here on Alternative Talk 1150, Lewis Howard's show, Head of the House, is the voice for the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Head of the House brings education, insight, and information that brings health and healing to the challenges of managing your home, relationships, and your career. Tune in once, and you will be hooked. That's Head of the House every Monday at 2 p.m. here on Alternative Talk 1150. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice jetcityanimalclinic.com On the AM band at 1150 and on the FM HD band at 98.9 HD3 Alternative Talk 1150 Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes Uh, Oh, that was such a nice conversation if you missed it um, tune in on Sunday at 1 and you can hear that whole the whole show again, as you can every Sunday at one. Yeah. Or you can listen to it archived on our website, dogradioshow.com, and I'll post all the links to 
all of Lily's uh, wonderful things that she's got going on. Canine Country Getaway, Sweet Border Collie Rescue, um, Glen Highland Farm, I believe is the name of it. And uh, it just sounds amazing. I'm going to have to get out there. Darcy and I, Darcy and I both love Border Collies. Um, Darcy is particularly obsessed with them as a breed. We don't have one, so maybe I'll surprise her. Should freak out. Get to hang out with a whole bunch of border collies out in like 175 acres. That sounds like it's right up your alley. It is. <laughs> um, Eric, did you see the picture that I posted on the dog show with Julie Forbes' Facebook page? I did not. I thought of I'll you. Take a look. I thought of you specifically. And but it didn't because I was doing it through my page. It didn't let me post it directly onto yours, but I was going to um, check it out. It's very funny. It's about cats, but sometimes I make exceptions and I'll post something for cats if they are so funny. And uh, this one really does. (laughs) Yeah. That first and last take your cat to work day. (laughs) Yeah. With the all the cats sitting on the laptops. <laughs> sitting on the keyboards. Computers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the Best Pet Care posted that one on their Facebook page, and so I shared it from them. One of our cats actually does that. The, the two other cats, they don't do that. Yeah. They leave the computer alone. Um, and then there was one that I posted a while ago that said the cat traps are working, and it was just a bunch of cats sitting in boxes <laughs> right. that were upside down. i got to love cats. Um. So there's an article, well, there's an article in that I thought was interesting in uh, Pet Connection Magazine, which is a local publication, uh, free publication that you can find um, in all sorts, like stores and Mm -hmm. vet clinics and all that stuff. And um, it's written by Dr. Menching, who is the veterinary medical director of Vet Pets, which is the Veterinary Poison Emergency Treatment Services, a service of the Washington Poison Center, who I was introduced to at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show by Tim Percival, who we've had on the show a couple times. And Tim uh, specializes in pet first aid. We did a show about pet first aid and preparing for disaster for your pet. And then Tim also connected me with uh, a drafting judge, and we talked about um, drafting and carting, a sport that you can do with especially working-type dogs like Bernese Mountain Dogs, Swiss Mountain Dogs, those guys. So anyway, uh, so I'll be I'll look forward. I'm going to have the full intention of setting an interview, hopefully in April, with Dr. Minching um, because she's a veterinary toxicologist. Um, so as part of the veterinary, veterinary Poison Emergency Treatment Services, lots of information that I'll want to um, get out of her and share with you guys. But there's an article called Pets and Pot that I thought was interesting because uh, recently with the passing of Initiative 502, um, marijuana is legal in Washington state. Sure enough, yeah. And before that, of course, we've had medical marijuana for quite some time. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so obviously pets are getting exposed to marijuana on a regular basis uh, around Washington. And Yep. And potentially, you know, potentially with the legalization, maybe more so. Mm-hmm. And so the article talks about, um, and again, this is from Pet Connection magazine. It's a um, free publication. It's a local publication you can find um, all over the place in Western Washington, 
um, you know, pet stores, pet supply stores, clinics, all that good stuff. Well, I don't know about you, but my pets don't need any encouragement to lay around all day and snack. <laughs> <laughs> They're already pretty good at that. <laughs> it's the catnip. That's right. Um, so I just thought I'd read a little bit from this article and just share some of this info, and then you can find the full article. Pet, um, pet Connection Magazine is the website. Um, marijuana can induce a calming effect in our pets, much like it does for us, but the effects rarely stop there. When your pet accidentally eats or inhales pot, the amount of THC ingested or inhaled per pound of your pet's body weight is typically a lot more than when humans intentionally eat or smoke it. These higher THC doses in animals can cause worse effects such as weakness, a wobbly gait, low heart rate, vomiting, a low body temperature, urinary incontinence, and potentially coma. Opposite effects can also occur and include agitation, vocalization, a high heart rate, dilated pupils, tremors, and in rare cases, seizures. Um, Ingested pot causes signs within 30 to 90 minutes. Secondhand smoke effects occur within minutes and can be a particular concern for birds because of their sensitive respiratory system. Most pets recover uneventfully within 24 hours if supportive care is given, but fatal exposures can occur. Um, Secondary trauma from falling is a real concern. And... You know, it just kind of brings up a something that I've always had um, that's always been upsetting to me is when people, especially when I was younger, um, be like, oh, yeah, loves to feed his dog beer. You know, don't just to not mess with drugs and animals. You know, you do what you want with your own body and make your own choices. But we really don't know how animals experience the effects of of drugs in their system. You know, we don't know if it makes them feel sick, if it might freak them out. I mean, we have no idea and there's no way to tell, really. And so to just be really careful about, you know, drugs, if you do have, you know, any sort of drugs around the house, to just be make sure that your animal um, doesn't have access to it. Um, great article by Dr. Menching, a veterinary medical director of Vet Pets Veterinary Poison Emergency Treatment Services, and that's an article out of Pet Connection Magazine, a local publication. Thanks so much to Lily Goodrich today uh, for coming on the show. Uh, Highlandview.com is the website. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on AM 1150.